Father, you are a God. Amazing love, amazing care. You watch over your children. The God of Israel neither sleeps nor slumbers. He watches over his people. You watched over us these seven months. You brought us to this eighth month. And I pray, Father, every child of you will experience you in a new way this month, Lord. Something new in our life about you, Lord. A new revelation, a new experience. A closer walk with you. That everything that we sang today would become real, Lord. More and more real as each day passes by, Lord. Teach us. Teach us about, about everything else. Teach us about you, Lord. We want to know you, Father. And everything that stands between us knowing you, Father, we pray you show us, you help us, you cleanse it. Thank you, Father. Speak to us even tonight. Thank you, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. We've been studying about various aspects of God. Sunday we saw Daniel drawing a line. I hope some of you drew some lines, not in water, not in sand. But when God draws a line, you know, when he draws a line for us, about us, he doesn't draw it in sand or water. Scripture says he has engraved us in the palms of his hand. Engraving is something that is done in glass, etched. It cannot be wiped off. Okay, that's how God does. Okay, when God does, there is a finality in it that doesn't move. So we've been looking at pursuing holiness, about knowing our Father's business, all these things. Why are we studying it? Because we looked at identity. Why did Daniel draw a line? As a slave in Babylon, why did he draw a line? Because he knew whose he was. He knew his God. He knew whom he belonged to. That's why we look at identity because identity is the most important thing we don't realize for everybody. Identity is very, very important, if not the most important. What gives us a sense of identity? What is the primary thing that gives us the sense of identity? It is relationship. Relationship is the foundation of all identities. That's why when relationship goes wrong, everything else goes wrong in life. And everybody wants to be related to something or somebody. That's why you see you have Twitter and WhatsApp and Facebook and all this. How many millions of people are involved in we may think it doesn't have make any sense. Often much of the chats make no sense. It's because people are desperately longing to relate. Because that's from where your identity comes from. Okay? Your identity comes from. Relationship is the foundation of all identities. But ultimately, if we do not know our identity comes from God, every other relationship identity will be affected and it will collapse. If you look at how God wants us to relate, where we, he wants our identity to come. In chapters 1 and 2 of Genesis is about our, our identity, man's identity, which is very unique. And our identity in Genesis 1 and 2 is based on a relationship with God. 
when that relationship is affected you will see in chapter 3 of genesis it will affect every aspect of life if you read the first 25 verses of the first chapter of the book of genesis it's all about creation and you will see god said god said things came into being all of creation but when it comes to verse 26 of genesis when he is about to make man things change then god said let us make man in our image according to our likeness immediately there is a paradigm shift that's why whatever science says and whatever these guys talk about about evolution it is not true because man is the only one you will see which is created different it's in thesis let us make in a may make man in our image and in our likeness that's what's unique about man man was made in the image and in the likeness of god so what does that mean what is this image of god that we reflect if you look in the book of genesis practically alone in genesis 1:1 scripture says in the in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth so man is creative creative because god was man was made in god's image animals don't create they can wait for 2 billion years no animal is going to create and the 10 billion years evolutionists can wait no animal is going to create because they were not created in the image of god we create because we have an image imprinted which is of god so man creates every one of you everybody creates in some way or other we are creative in the way we do stuff because we were created in the image of god in genesis chapter 1 verse 2 says the earth was without form void darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of god so god is a spirit so every human being is spiritual there is something about man that separates from every other creation we are spiritual in nature because we were created in the image of god therefore unlike animals man has to worship that's a spiritual nature and if you don't worship god you will end up worshiping facebook because you're worshiping yourself the entire generation of selfies is because we have ended up worshiping ourselves because we were created to worship because we are spiritual we are spiritual in genesis chapter 1 verse 3 god said let there be light god said god communicates therefore we communicate animals don't communicate their level of communication is so little is negligible compared to what man is able to communicate the levels to which man is able to communicate we communicate why because god communicates and we were made in the image of god if you look at another verse in the bible which talks about creation or in the beginning in john chapter 1 verse 1 says in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god in the beginning was the word the word in greek is logos which means reasoning and logic also God reasons things out there is everything logical about the way God does to therefore we reason and we are logical that is why only man asked the question what where why no animal asks when you fed your dog this morning they ask where did you get it did the dog ask why did you give me this today why can't i have yesterday's breakfast they ask no questions 
Why? Because we've been made in the image of God. So we have logic. We have reasoning. In Genesis 1 and verse 26 and 2.18, God says, let us make man in, uh, in our, uh, 2.18. Let's go to 2.18 actually. Yeah, well, let us make man in our image, yeah, and uh, according to our, let us and our, use this thing, us and our, okay, it's plural. Let me make man in my image. That's not what God is saying. God is saying, let us make man in our image. And in 2.18, scripture says, it is not good for man should be alone. God head is relational. Therefore, we relate. And because we've been made that way, our relationships are absolutely different from the rest of creation. Have you ever heard about a dog divorcing his wife? Have you ever heard about a cat who got upset because his kitten stole? Have you heard about a cow lying? No. Why? Because there is no relationship there. We are made relational. We are made, we relate to each other. We relate to each other because Godhead relates to each other. We are made, understand where we get our image, our identity from. Then in Genesis 2, verse 16 and 17, God commanded man saying, Of every tree of the garden you may eat freely, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. If you eat, you will so what does it mean? We were made into moral beings. Unlike animals, we were made it into moral beings. We have a sense of what is right and wrong. Every child, as soon as it starts speaking and growing a little ingrained in that child is right and wrong. And if you give the elder one two and the younger one one, the younger one will say, it is not fair. Where does your whole idea about fairness come from? Where does your whole idea about right and wrong comes from? Because we have been made as moral beings. You may not know the living God, but we are moral beings. In Romans 2, verse 14 and 15, For when the Gentiles, those who do not know God, who do not have the law, they don't even have the law of God, by nature do the things in the law. They do by nature the things in the law. The law defines what is right and what is wrong. The law of God. Just given on Mount Sinai. But they would do it by nature. Although not having the law are a law to themselves deep inside. Every man knows what's right and wrong. Generally speaking. Specifics they may not know but generally. Who show the work of the law written in their hearts. Their conscience also bearing witness. And between themselves their thoughts accusing or else excusing them. So we are moral beings. This is how we are created. Understand. When you talk about identity, first you need to realize, what am I like? You are like your creator. We are creative. We are spiritual. We communicate. We have reasoning ability. We are relational. And we are moral beings. And then sin enters. When sin enters, what we lost was life. And when you talk about life and death, it's a very, we think about the cemetery and the morgue. That's not how God looks at life. Because we need to understand, what does life mean? Life 
is ultimately expressed in terms of relationships with god and one another that's what it life is life is the sum total of relationships you have the devil doesn't want you to experience their relationships so he wants to transfer your attention to things and not to people so that you don't really experience the life god intends so you will see things never satisfy that you're caught in that trap but we were made life is in terms of relationship so you will see the minute sin came in and adam and eve have sinned against god the first thing you see happening in genesis 3 and verse 8 is they heard and they were hiding what went god said if you eat you will die physical death didn't take place immediately but what happened immediately the relationship was gone they started losing life because life is in relationships sin always mars relationship with god sin always destroys man's relationship with god and not only that it destroys relationship with one another not just with god with one another verse 12 says then the man said the woman whom you gave the blame game begins their interpersonal relationship also is destroyed that is what sin does you have to see life in terms of relationship because salvation is the beginning of the restoration of relationship that was lost in the garden what is salvation people think about not going to hell and going to heaven that's all that's all very bright very broad more illiterate categories of what life is life is a restoration of how i mean salvation is a restoration of how life was before the fall man had perfect relationship with god and they had perfect relationship with each other salvation is a restoration of that relationship so we go to today's primary text which is from 1 john chapter 1 verses 3 to 8 that which we have seen he speaking on behalf of all the apostles who were there with jesus and heard we declare to that you may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the father and with his son jesus christ and these things we write to you that your joy may be full this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you that god is light and in him there is no darkness at all if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness we lie and do not practice the truth but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of jesus his son cleanses us from all sin but if we say we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us it's a very interesting portion 1 john if you look if you look at it carefully this portion which we'll we read just now there are three things mentioned here one is a relationship he says we are talking about the father there is a relationship so if you are not a born again believer it will make no sense to you but you can relate it to a family he says we are related to the father there is a relationship okay there is first a relationship second thing mentioned is because there is a relationship we have a fellowship you cannot have fellowship without relationship first you have to be related then only you can have relationship will determine fellowship many people call me even today while coming also call me today and said pastor 
It's a common name. But I don't relate to them the same way that I relate to you because I'm not their pastor. Not their pastor. So my fellowship with them will automatically differ the way I fellowship with my sheep, my congregation. Relationship will determine fellowship. If you have a genuine relationship which leads to a genuine fellowship, at the end of it, scripture says, you will have joy. Joy. That is life. Okay? That's life. It all begins with a relationship to be established with God as Father through Jesus Christ. That's what John says. We cannot have fellowship with God unless we have a relationship with God. That's where religion will ultimately fail. Every religion will fail because they are trying for fellowship with God without a relationship with God. It won't work. Fellowship is based on relationship. So in John 1, 12, scripture says, it begins there, to as many as you received him, that is Jesus Christ, he gave them the right to become the children of God who believe in his We'll come this to back later. That's where it begins. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, God gives us the right to become his children. Because the natural man is dead. In Ephesians 2.1, scripture says, You were he who he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. It doesn't matter how much you love that person, you cannot fellowship or relate to a dead man. Cannot relate to a Dead man. All you have is memories. All you have is memory. You cannot relate to a dead man. Scripture says the natural man is dead. He's dead. He has no relationship with God. So to have relationship with God, he has to be made alive in Christ. He has to be born in Christ. He has to be born in Christ. Because you cannot have a relationship with a dead man. Not only that, the natural man is alienated from God, distanced from God, and an enemy of God in his mind. In Colossians 1.21, scripture says, You who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by the wicked works, yet now he has reconciled. What were we? We were alienated from God. Not only that, we were enemies in our mind against God. We are not enemies of anything else. We are enemies of God. Anything that is genuinely of God, immediately our mind will oppose. The natural man's mind will oppose because he's not only alienated, he's cut away from a relationship with God and he's the enemy of God in his natural thinking. But what did God do? God reconciles. This is a relationship term. Reconciliation. When there is two parties who have been broken, God says, People try to bring mediation, reconciliation. That's where Luke 19 verse 10 says, Jesus came for a purpose. The Son of Man has come to seek, to save that which was lost. Those who were alienated from God, Jesus came to reconcile them back to God. Reconcile, two reconciliation takes place. One, Jesus came to reconcile God to man and man to God. That is why he is called the son of God and the son of man. He had to reconcile God to man. And he has to reconcile man to God. And reconciliation is a relationship term. True reconciliation will only take place unless issues are resolved. We will say, okay brother, but nothing has been resolved. 
and you know things have been resolved because your fellowship starts with high and ends with bye there's nothing further because issue has not been resolved so reconciliation genuine reconciliation can never happen if you hide the issues under the mat issues have to be brought up to the light to be dealt with and then only real reconciliation can take place otherwise reconciliation cannot take place so jesus did not come to put things under the mat he came actually to bring everything from under the mat so that we can have a real relationship with god reconciliation could take place god to man and man to god and the issue with the relationship is sin issue in every relationship is sin where there is no sin there is perfect relationship okay issue is sin the problem with sin is it separates us from god because god is holy and it becomes brings the judgment of god because he is righteous these are two different terms it separates me from god because god is holy and i am sinful god is the judge and the scepter of his throne is righteousness therefore i am judged because of his righteousness and i am separated because of his holiness so problem is relationship without fellowship exists only in paper it's a myth there can be no relationship no fellowship without relationship no fellowship without relationship and when it comes to god a fellowship without relationship is called religion people come they do a lot of things and they go they never hear from the living god because there is no fellowship without relationship proof from scripture luke chapter 15 verse 32 it was right that this is the story of the prodigal son Remember when he came back, the elder brother wouldn't get in when the party was going on? The father is telling, it was right that we should make merry and be glad. For your brother was dead. And he's alive again. Now let me ask you, is he a son? So why does the father say he's dead? Because there was no fellowship. The day he walked away from the house, fellowship stopped. So father said, he's my son, but he's dead. relationship without fellowship have no meaning no meaning it's a biological relationship it has no meaning my son was dead but when he came back on the father's terms on god's terms there is a reconciliation that is possible and what is dead is made alive and he came to seek the lost what is lost is found again this is fundamentals i'm telling you because in life you need to realize with god vertical and horizontal if you really want to have a genuine relationship it is not possible with fellowship and the blocks to fellowship is what you need to look for what stops fellowship with god what stops fellowship with within the family of god you have to deal with it otherwise this relationship and fellowship will not take place so for reconciliation to take place like i said god is holy we are separated god is righteous so we being judged for sin for reconciliation to take place the righteous demands of a holy god has to be met 
the righteous demands of a holy god has to be met for reconciliation to take place so romans 5 8 to 11 will say god demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were sinners christ died for us much more than having now been justified by his blood we shall be saved from the wrath through him for when we when we were enemies we were reconciled to god through the death of his son much more having been reconciled we shall be saved by his life what is scripture talking about when we were sinners when we are enemies of god christ jesus died so when christ jesus is dying what is he doing he is trying to meet the demands of god first he is trying to reconcile god to man is not first trying to reconcile man to god no he is first trying to re- reconcile god to man he is not trying to reconcile man to god not a single person was saved when he died he is first trying to reconcile god to man is not trying to reconcile man to god and you think in logical this is that what it happens if you are working in a company and your gm is mad they're trying to reconcile you to the gm or gm to you somebody will go to the gm and say sir sir please have mercy sir that's what i used to do in the secular this thing when the principal wanted to fire somebody they would tell me sir sir you go please speak he will have favor because he likes you i would go and say sir please have i never went to the t- teacher and said sir please have mercy on the principal i never said that <laughs> we have to reconcile there because the wrath is in his hands not here the wrath is there one signature you are out you are gone that's where because the wrath of god is coming upon us so god has to be reconciled first so jesus is first reconciled god with man then man is reconciled to god the same thing in second corinthians god will say now all things are of god who has reconciled us to himself through jesus christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation that is that god was in christ reconciling the world to him so both is happen in christ god's wrath is met that's why i said religion won't work because religion cannot bring reconciliation of god with man religion is the attempt of man trying to reconcile with god but how do you meet bring god down to man's level you cannot you have to first bring god to man then only man can go to god it won't work otherwise so there is two sides to reconciliation one is god's and that we can never do so god did it through christ god in man did it that's what Romans 5:10 was talking about then our side what is our side what is our side john 3:16 very god so loved the world that gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him what's our side it looks very simple but what is our side our side is to simply believe what god has done it looks so complicated it is not complicated religion is complicated faith is very simple we have to believe what god has done we have to believe what god has done in christ jesus mark 16 and verse 15 and he said to them go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature he who believes he who believes and is baptized is saved we are called to believe what god has done in christ In Acts chapter 16, when the jailer at Philippi, remember, he fell down and he brought, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? 
What did he say? God said 20 novenas? No. He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That's where it begins. There is a turning away from our ways and a turning and a trust in what God has done. The turning away is called repented. Trusting in what God has done is called believing. When we truly believe, we are accepting what God did for effecting this reconciliation through Jesus Christ. When we believe, that's what happens. In Romans 3, now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed by being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe for there is no difference. That's enough. Okay. Anybody who believes. Righteousness of God is met. And the separation is gap bridged. First the righteousness of God has to be met. Now what does it mean we have a right standing with God? You messed up in your company. Somebody went and pleaded mercy for you. And the GM says, okay, I forgive you. Then when you come back, you have a right standing with the GM. And you can continue your work in that place. We have a right standing with God. That is what Jesus said. We have a right standing. Relationship is restored. Do you know before the fall what Adam was? Who Adam was? You know that? It's written in the Bible. Luke chapter 3. Verse 38, when you are looking at the genealogy, the son of Enosh, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Who was Adam? Spiritually, he was the son of God. When he receive, believe what Jesus has done and accepts God's work, what do we become? In John chapter, as many as received him to them, he gave them the right to become children of God, sons or daughters of God. Relationship is restored. Relationship. He only said relationship is restored. Okay. This relationship is characterized by love. That's why John 3.16 says, For God so loved. Romans 5.8 will say, God demonstrates his own love. It has to be from top down. We cannot go up. He has to come down. So relationship is determined by love. Relationship is a privilege. Relationship is a privilege. It is our duty to make use of that privilege. Salvation is being born into the family of God. Did you get it? Salvation is being born into the family of God. Fellowship is of being in an ongoing relationship with God. The level of your fellowship will determine the level of your relationship. The level of your fellowship will determine the level of your relationship. The Greek word for fellowship is koinonia, which means fellowship, which means communion, which means sharing, which means partnership, many, many meanings, okay? Ultimately, everybody sitting here, child of God, every child of God, your fellowship will determine relationship. That is true with God and with one another. Your fellowship will determine your relationship. If you are related to somebody very strongly, not, it's not because you're born in that family. It's because of your level of fellowship with that person. So young people are often more related to their friends than to their family because they're fellowshipping with them more than with their own family. Fellowship will determine relationship. 
but that doesn't mean your fellowship is kosher okay that doesn't mean your fellowship is clean that's what apostle john is saying the basis of fellowship in 1 john chapter 1 to 4 he says the basis of life life is our relationship with god with father that's what life actually means we saw that on last wednesday deuteronomy and sunday 30 verses 19 and 20 god says i call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that i have said before you life and death blessing and cursing therefore choose choose life how do you choose life quest god says is that about second he will tell you how you choose okay that you may love the lord your god you may obey his voice that you may cling to him for he is your he says you want life is connected with your relationship with god the more you listen to his voice the more you obey his voice the more you cling to god the more you will really experience life as it is otherwise everything else you experience is a fake it's not real if it is real it should last forever everything that is true lasts forever but everything that is of human has a time limit because it is not true it is not true so god says this is how you choose life you choose life by choosing god because life is equal to relationship and relationships in john chapter 17 and verse 3 jesus said this is eternal life that they may know you the only true god and jesus christ so life is equal to relationship the more you know god the more life you have the more you know jesus the more life you have it is got nothing to do what you possess it's got to do with how much of life of god do you possess it is connected with relationship life is is connected with relationships so through jesus christ we have a relationship with father this relationship leads to a fellowship with the father and the son and on basis of that fellowship we can fellowship with one another one another now let me come to fellowship this certain rules about fellowship fellowship is based on a commonality today we are only focusing on relationship or fellowship with god but you can apply the principles to other relationships okay If I want a fellowship with somebody there has to be something common between the two of us otherwise I cannot fellowship it's not possible okay now that I am related to god you are related to god it is called salvation but our life should be consumed by our desire to fellowship with him in life we will realize to have genuine fellowship genuine fellowship with god certain conditions have to be met this true about every relationship okay 1 john chapter 1 verses 5 to 6 this is the message we have heard from him and declared to you god is light and in him there is no darkness if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness god says you want to have fellowship with me you will be every day obliged to walk in the light if there is darkness it affects the fellowship this is true with god this is true in the kingdom of god with one another god is light 
so if i want to fellowship with god i have to choose to walk in the light choose to walk in the light this is where the word of god comes first comes in the word of god in psalm 119 and verse 105 the psalmist says your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path that's why we very consciously avoid the word deliberately we make this deliberate very true we deliberately make this choice to avoid the word because the word is light the word is light the only ones will consistently keep on digging into the word are those who are looking for life and a fellowship with god every morning when i am sitting in the office in the next door i can hear this guy reciting his mantras but i'm sure he doesn't understand what he is saying we are not memorizing scripture don't we are memorizing memorizing scripture is very good we are not memorizing scripture for scripture's sake we are looking into the word because the word is light which path light to which path what what is that path that i have chosen you are choosing it's the path of having an ongoing fellowship with god that path otherwise i don't need this light i need this light I need this lamp to my feet only if I am in an ongoing relationship with God otherwise I don't need it that's one of the reasons people are not excited by the word because they are not excited by God yet you know this is very true in real life if a boy falls in love with a girl or a girl falls in and they are separated every second they are texting and reading their texts because they know this is connected with a relationship they are reading their email they are reading their chats they are reading 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 all the time going back and forth they will go back scroll all the way to the top to the bottom keep on reading reading because it may not make sense to anybody else except to you because you are in a relationship and relationship is built on fellowship and people are not excited about a relationship with god therefore they do not seek fellowship for most christians just god is somebody who is a, a trouble solver trouble solver this is our major issue the word of god but the word of god alone is not enough because i don't understand the word i don't understand the word therefore ephesians 1:17 says that the god of our lord jesus christ the father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him so that i can know him why should the spirit of god give me a revelation of God if i am not interested in a relationship with him why should he give it to me why should he crack the word for me but he is making a teacher out of me no he is making a son out of me if i am not interested in my father why should the father unlock what he is saying why is he because not interested in a relationship that i heard about a story about a young man in us when he turned 18 he had been bugging his father buy me this car 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 and this thing on his 18th birthday his father gave him a bible he was so angry he threw the bible in his home and he walked out and he never came back the next time he comes back is years and years and years later when he hears his father is dead and he comes back home when he comes back home it's a funeral he sees in the father's study the bible lying over there and he very regretfully looks at the bible and it's still been there where he had thrown it 
Then he opens the Bible, and in the Bible he sees a cover. He opens the cover and he sees a check for the car. The father had given him the car, but he had put it in the word which he had valued. The son was not interested in a relationship. He was interested in getting something out of the father. Therefore, when he threw that, he threw a relationship aside. Often we believers react like that. We are not interested in a relationship. We are interested in what God can solve for us or what we can get out of a God. And therefore, we really do not have a relationship with God. We don't have a relationship with God. But God says, my word and my spirit is for those who want to know him, know me. To them, God gives without measure. Scripture says God gave his spirit without measure to his son, Jesus Christ. So Jesus could stand. We'll look at that later. Stand up and says, I and my father are the one. I know the father so well that if you see me, you are seeing the father. Are we getting it? The word, the spirit. And a relationship begins. A fellowship begins. And in Amos 3, 3 scripture says, Can two walk together unless they are agreed? A walk begins. You read the word. The word reads you. The spirit gives enlightenment. You have to agree. God doesn't have to agree with me. I have to agree with God. Okay, this is not a democracy. You know this old... This thing which they used to give, rule number one, rule number two, rule number three, rule number four in office and rule number 11. Even when the boss is wrong, he's right. Don't question the boss. In this case, our boss is always right because he's righteous, he's holy. So if I want to walk with God, interpersonal relationship, but we are looking vertical. If you want to walk with God, they need to be agreed. I want to walk with God. Therefore, I am searching scripture and asking the help of the Holy Spirit. Where do I need to change? So that I can walk with him. Christian life starts with a relationship with Christ. But fellowship is experiencing Christ daily. Relationship is Christ accepting us and we accepting Christ. But fellowship is practicing his presence daily. Relationship is to be in the Lord. But fellowship is to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's what Paul says in Ephesians 6 and verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. This comes from fellowship. Relationship, everybody is in Christ. But fellowship brings this. People are crumbling under pressure. It's not because they are not related to God, but because they are not fellowshipping with God. Relationship means that all that God has is potentially mine. Relationship means, Galatians 4.1 will say, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all. Relationship says, potentially everything my father has is but fellowship means you are actually drawing upon it. His strength, his might. Fellowship means not only you know, you know what is your father's, you are making use of it on earth. Relationship is me possessing God. Fellowship is God possessing me. Fellowship is the key of any relationship. 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 9, God is faithful by whom you are called into the fellowship of his son. We were called to fellowship. The call of God in salvation is come and fellowship with me. If you look in the light of the scriptures, we've been looking in the past few weeks to fellowship with God and with one another also. To fellowship with God, we need knowledge and understanding. Did you see Proverbs 4.10 in terms of fellowship? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. If you want a fellowship with God, this is where it begins. It begins with this. It begins with fear. Begins with reverence. Where there is no reverence, there will be no revelation of the Holy One. We will get tidbits from God. We will get gifts from God. We will get a lot of blessings from God. But we will not be revealed about who really he is. Because where there is no reverence, there will be no revelation of the Holy One. Reverence is what leads to further revelation. One man who had incredible fellowship with God in the Old Testament was Moses. Incredible revelation of God was Moses. About their personal relationship, God and Moses. This is what God himself says about Moses and him in Numbers 12. He said, if there is a prophet among you, I the Lord might make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face. He says, you know how I fellowship with Moses? Face to face. Even plainly, not even in dark sayings. Dark things have to be interpreted. Your prophet needs another prophet to interpret it. So Isaiah will say something, Ezekiel will interpret it. But Moses, he says, I don't do that. With Moses, I speak to him plainly, face to face. With Paul, God spoke plainly. He says, the things I heard, I cannot utter. God said, it's for you, it's not for the rest of the world. That's fellowship. That's not prophecy. Plain thing. Yet, in Numbers 20, verse 10 and 12, because of irreverence, Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock and he said to them, Here now you rebels, must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod and the water came out abundantly and the congregation and their animals drank. The Lord spoke to Moses Aaron, Because you did not believe me to hallow me in the eyes of the children. He said, you didn't reverence me. You didn't honor me. You didn't honor me. Moses, you didn't? You didn't rever me. And therefore, what is it? You shall not bring this as You will not enter into the promised land. You will not enter into the promised land. Let me tell you what it actually means in spiritual terms. You see fellowship with God in the wilderness and fellowship with God in the promised land are qualitatively different. They are not the same. In the wilderness, they experience the provision, the protection and the judgments of God. But in the promised land, they experience the victory and the rest of God. These are two different experiences. You may be experiencing provision, protection and judgment. That's one fellowship with God. One relationship with God. That's what Moses experienced. But Joshua experienced something else in the promised land. He experienced victory and rest. God said, you've been cut away from that part of life. You're getting, that's why we need, it begins with reverence.
where there is no reverence where there is no honor god will not reveal further about himself to us because it is dangerous for us to protect us relationship exists with fellowship and fellowship will determine the depth and the strength of a relationship everybody here there's nobody here who is not related every man woman wants to relate as raj and all who goes to feed the beggars at midnight are in they in a group why are they in a group even there they want to relate they want to relate they are lying on the streets they are living on the mercy of somebody to give them food once a day but even there they want relationship because that's how god created you that's how it is but the strength of every relationship is dependent upon the fellowship strength is connected with the depth of fellowship and your strength of your relationship is determined by the depth of your fellowship with god so psalm 42 verse 7 scripture says deep calls unto deep where at the noise of your waterfalls waterfalls and all your waves billows have gone over me what is he saying when real trouble times happen when dark days come your fellowship your relationship is tested that's why when you study the word of god you will see all the incredible men and women of god go through incredible testing and dark times because what is being tested is their relationship with god and david is tested like nobody else and he says everything has gone over me but deep calls on to the deep his relationship with god is being tested can look at anybody in the bible abraham moses david all the greats who have gone before us old and new and meditate on their depth of relationship with god yet each one is only talking about his own experience of depth of their relationship the real one we need to look at is the depth of relationship of jesus with the father that's the idea that is what paul in scripture you will see is searching for he doesn't want to relate to god like moses did or abraham did he wants to relate to god as jesus did to the father except for those few faithful hours on the cross he never let anything come between him and his relationship with the father he never let anything or anybody come between his relationship with his father is absolutely clear about it his first words recorded in the bible is to his own mother saying why are you seeking me don't you know i am at my father's business it's about relationship and about identity and his last words on earth is into thy hands i commit my spirit father it begins with the father ends with the father that is the depth of his relationship and his relationship is defined by reverence interesting very interesting his relationship with his father is defined by reverence in hebrews chapter 5 verse 7 who in the days of his flesh when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him was able to save him from death was heard because of his reverence submission godly fear incredibly reverent he was though he is equal to the father he knows he is the son he is to the son 
Though he is equal to the father, he knows he is the son and is extremely reverent in the way he deals with his father and therefore he has a deep relationship with the father, incredibly deep relationship with the father where he will actually say in John 10 and verse 30, he will say, I and my father are one. I and my father are one. I am speaking on my behalf, you can take it for granted. My father will not say no because we are one. In John 8 and verse 29, he will say, He who sent me is with me. He's with me. He has not left me alone. He never leaves me. I'm in constant fellowship with him. There is no breakdown in communication with us ever. Why? Because I always do those things that please him. I will only do those things that that please god he's telling us how do we stay in fellowship with god how do we grow in fellowship with god is by finding those things that please him and constantly doing it uninterrupted fellowship is always walking with his father therefore he always knew his father's will he never asked anything outside the will of his father and every prayer of his was always answered God never said no to him. Except in garden and Gethsemane, there also he submitted to the will of his father. There was nothing that ever took him by surprise. Why? Because relationship is dependent on fellowship. And fellowship is dependent on knowledge and obedience. Now let me tell you a slightly difficult concept, but you will understand it. Relationships are not linear. Relationships are not linear. They are vertical. Every relationship is vertical. If you look for linear relationships in life, you will never grow in the depth of relationship. Every relationship is ultimately linear. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, I want you to know the head of every man is Christ. the head of every woman is man and the head of christ is god it's linear if you want to look at this horizontal plane you will never have a relationship there is headship in every relationship even if you are born as twins and you are separated by seconds god will prophesy over you and say the younger shall the elder shall serve the younger the younger is the head not the elder he decides every relationship is based on that it's not horizontal it is linear and you overstep that you will never grow will never grow you'll never have a deep relationship with anybody that is why all this teenage relationship as young people are shallow and they have no depth so who was your best friend last year and uh, who's your best friend this year who was your best friend last two years back you keep on changing because there is there can be no depth It's not possible. It's not possible. Ephesians 6.1 Yeah, 5.23 Husband is the head of the wife. Also Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. It's linear. It's not, it's, it's not, it's not linear. It's, sorry, it's vertical. And if, Ephesians 6.1 Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. All the children, young ones. Not adults, children. God says it is not lean, linear it is vertical where you don't understand reverence and obedience is vertical he says you will never have a genuine relationship it's not possible to have a genuine fellowship next one efficiency bond servants be obedient to those who are your masters 
you can never that's why the world wants to break those lines you can never have a proper relationship with your boss unless you always acknowledge him with reverence as your boss you cannot call him by name cannot call him by name you have to read the bbc article about what's happening in india with all the self help women's group going into the villages and trying to change the minds of the women because indian women never call their husband by name they never call their husbands by name that's the nature they will say hoy because they have been taught from childhood you don't address your husband by name because you are not equals so self help groups are going and teaching them westernization how to call your husband by name there in bbc i saw it two for two days back you understand how things work in the kingdom has opposed to the world and it's a very mind to to reorient your minds to the word of god and to the kingdom of god is very difficult unless you're willing to obey the voice of god it's very difficult whether you're man or woman because when scripture says the head of man is christ mean christ decides everything in your life christ decides and men struggle even in eternity even in eternity is the son equal to the father according to philippians and according to the word of god yes but is he under the headship of the father yes what is first corinthians 15 24 then comes the end when will the end come when he delivers the kingdom to god the father when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and all power when he has destroyed every power of darkness and destroyed every wicked and evil person then he takes the kingdom and puts it into the hands of the father and takes second position it is not linear it is vertical in eternity sun will hand over they have an incredible relationship because they understand what headship means the most perfected of saints the 144000 the bride of the lord jesus christ what is written about them revelation 14:4 these are the ones who follow to follow somebody has to lead follow the lamb wherever he goes wherever he goes understand that they follow the lamb wherever that's where the headship of christ comes when we have not established the headship of christ completely in our life now how will we follow him all of eternity once the call of salvation is heard and obeyed once it is heard and obeyed acts chapter 241 those who gladly received his word were baptized that's why this year in august i'm not having baptism because i'm very skeptical about people who get baptized because i don't see commitment baptism is a very very serious thing absolutely serious once you take it's a, it's like getting into your coffin it's getting into getting ready for your burial once you get baptized then you have made your calm you i'm not saying you won't fall after that but you have made your decision there's no turning back absolutely no turning back whatever comes whatever out comes the cross before me the world behind me when i stumble i will rise up and continue following him that's an absolute so i'm giving you time for people to get to know what actually baptized they gladly received they were baptized that day 3000 souls were added to them that's the beginning of a life in christ immediately verse 42 follows they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine you need 
this, to grow in this. Without doctrine, you don't have fellowship. You don't even know how to fellowship. We need doctrine so we learn to how to fellowship with God and one another. We need doctrine. Without doctrine, we will not learn how to fellowship with God or even with one another. With one another. That's why we come to learn. The purpose is we need to fellowship first with God. Because if we don't fellowship with God, all of our fellowship with one another is shallow. It's not real. In 1 John chapter 1 verses 5, this is the message we have heard from him and declared to you. God is light. There is no darkness. How do we know what God is like unless we are taught of God? Unless we know. It's determined by light. Fellowship with God and fellowship with man. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and we don't practice the truth. And next, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with not only with God, we will also have fellowship with like-minded ones who choose to walk in light. That's genuine fellowship. That's genuine relationship. It is determined by light. That's why scripture says God is light. God is. The first word written about God speaking is, let there be let there be light. Why? Because light is the basis of life. We know in the natural phenomenon where there is no light, there is no life. Sun goes out for a month, all life ends. Where there is no light, there is no life. Spiritually, it is true. Light is the basis of life. Where there is no light, there is no life. Therefore, everywhere in the world, including the Jharkhand Assembly, is going to pass. They want to ban Jesus off the public space. When Jesus go, went out of the public schools of America, you couldn't pray, you couldn't read your Bible, all those things, what has taken over U.S.? Darkness. Where there is no light, there is no life. Fifty years ago, what, there was a drug crisis in America? No. Sixty years ago, was there teenage pregnancies in America? No. None of these things were even heard of. Kids were polite, no guns in the campuses, everything. Listen, why? Because God had not been outlawed from the schools yet. There was Bible, there was prayer, there was discipline. Everybody knew one nation under God. Once God was forcibly removed by the courts, the entire system collapsed. What do you have now? You have darkness. Because light is the basis of life. This is true for everyone. That's why we keep telling young couples when they get married, start with that altar. Get together, pray, pray, read the word, pray. Read the word, pray, get together because where there is no light, there is no real life. 1 John 1, 6 says, without light, we will walk in darkness. 6, without light, we will walk in darkness. This is moral darkness. It's not physical darkness. Physical darkness, everybody will know. With the power where to go now completely, when everybody will be start searching for the wall, how to get out. All your mobiles will come out and your lights will come out because everybody knows without light you cannot walk. Without light, we will walk in darkness. But because this is spiritual, even when you walk in darkness, you are not aware you are walking in darkness. John chapter 8 and verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of 
So if you and I are not consciously following Jesus Christ, we are walking in darkness. We're walking in darkness because he is the light of the world. There will be darkness in our relationship with God and darkness in our relationship with one another because light is a guide. We have young brothers here from GMR. Ask them at night if the the planes have to land what do they do to the runways the entire runway is lighted because without the lights the planes cannot land that's why jesus when god led israel in the wilderness at night he was a pillar of light we thought light is that what leads them in psalm 27 and verse 1 the lord is my light and my salvation whom shall i fear he is also my hope he is also the light of god he is also the revelation of god the fellowship i have with god is also the symbol of my hope it's my hope whom shall i fear the lord is the strength of my life whom shall be afraid why because in all this this is the thing god is my light the basis of my life is my fellowship with god therefore i am not afraid things get worse and worse and worse david says i'm not afraid i'm not afraid you know when parents have small little children and they start teaching them to sleep alone what do they do they put a dim light there because that's a sign of hope for them they don't want to sleep in darkness want to sleep in darkness they want a little light and little light is put there over there soft light is put there because that gives them strength and god says i am your light where there is little light there is very little fellowship is there hope in that relationship very little hope another thing about light is light reveals truth and acts chapter 9 3 a man who was walking in his own light acts 9 and verse 3 you will see As he journeyed he came near Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven who is this Saul of Tarsus 10000 sons he said God used light to show him the truth about himself because only once we receive that truth fellowship can begin because fellowship is based on receiving life as light truth as light otherwise fellowship cannot continue in second samuel chapter 12 verse 7 nathan said to david you are that man i believe all the angels two thirds of the angels who were privy to this conversation taking place in the inside chamber in the palace were watching bated breath how will this man respond to this light you are that man everything is hanging on his response if he receives it fellowship is restored if he denies it something else is going to happen to the whole nation you are that man everything hinges on for the david and for the nation on whether david will receive that light that's why john chapter 3 19 to 21 says this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light people love darkness that light they love light, darkness because the deeds were evil for everyone practices evil hates the light and does not come to the light 
all these things about i'm searching for jesus when the time comes and all it just bunk up people love evil the simple as that people love evil they like the works of darkness because scripture says there is pleasure in sin they love it simple as that that's a reason there's no other reason otherwise who will throw away a deal like this which religion offers salvation free because god pays the price they love for everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed verse 21 but he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clear he comes to the light when he has an ongoing relationship with god and his deeds have been done in god because of an intimate relationship with god that's why his deeds are done david like everyone had two choices either walk away from the light or turn towards the light and embrace it the same gospel according to john talks about another man who walked away from the light in john 18 and verse 38 pilate said to him what is truth and when he had said this he went out again to the jews right there before him standing light standing truth he said what is truth and walked away walked away into darkness and hell david on the other hand turned towards truth and was restored back to fellowship with god do you know how john began that epistle in 1 john chapter 3 that which you have seen heard we declare to you that you also may also fellowship with us and truly our fellowship with father and with his jesus christ what is the basis john is saying is the basis i said You want to really fellowship with me? I am I am friendly with everybody from the smallest to the oldest. But you want to fellowship with me? My basis of my fellowship is this. My fellowship is with God. You're not interested in God? I'm not interested in you. I don't have time to waste any more. I'm 52. I don't know how many days God will give me more. I don't have time to waste. It's as simple as that. He's making it very clear apostle John is an old man he says my basis of my fellowship with you is because my fellowship is with the father and with the son with the son i have a library full of fellowshipping with saints who are dead i enjoy my time with them they're dead men speaking still speaking like abel god says abel is dead he still speaks and there are plenty speaking to me i enjoy their fellowship I have to make choices you want a relationship with god or not because everything relationship is equal to time that's why god says redeem the time for the days are evil redeem the time the days are evil everything of our fellowship is determined ultimately should be determined by our fellowship with the father after i got into whatsapp to avoid it for years this year a couple of months back i have a few groups one is my family brothers and sisters other are my children then i have my old 30 year old friends from college and then i have my church four groups and if you look at it they are all different every fellowship with each one of them is different because you cannot relate to them the same way but everyone is restrained by one thing with my relationship with god 
restraining influence is always has to be there yes you can relate to people in your company in your college who may be unbelievers this thing but there should be a restraining influence in your fellowship with them you cannot be like them what is the restraining influence is this because truly our issue in life is truly our fellowship is not with the father truly our fellowship is with the world that's our issue ultimately when the toss up comes every decision we make is based on relationship we choose one or other if foreground one and background another it's always based on relationship every decision is based on that when a child turns 17 and says you know what i want to go to college but uh, i don't want to go to another town because i don't want to leave my mother he's making a decision based on a relationship or he says okay i will go but i don't want to go far i want to come on weekends i want to go as far as i can to get away from you children make all these decisions every decision is based on a relationship we think decisions are random they are not random they are all based on relationship and ultimately for the child of god every decision is determined by a relationship with god if i take this decision how far will i go from my god that's why we said daniel drew a line simple line in the dining room he says and these things we write to you that your joy may be full the purpose of a relationship is joy not happiness i said happiness if you want happiness go have an ice cream joy lasts that comes from the kingdom of god the problem is people are chasing happiness and spending money on happiness and that happiness never lasts happiness we explain is connected with happenings joy is connected with a relationship nothing has to happen paul and silas can worship exuberantly in the midnight hour in the prison in philippi after having their backs broken and every morning i send you a devotional tells you how people sitting in in prisons worshiping god women sitting in eritrea in big metal metal containers worshiping god people throwing in the sewage worshiping god why are they able to worshiping god because their joy is full because they have a fellowship with the father it's got nothing to do with anything happening here we have plummeted with thing after thing and outing after outing gadget after gadget thing after thing pocket money after pocket nobody is happy last for a minute and it's gone because we're searching it all in the wrong places fellowship should lead to joy that's what he's saying and that's what david is looking for in psalm 51 verse 7 and 8 purge me with hyssop i shall be clean wash me i shall be whiter than snow make me hear joy and gladness lord so king what do you need for joy go, go call all the girls let them come and sing and dance call one of my many wives no let me have a banquet he can choose what he wants in the eyes of the world for joy but he says no lord make me hear joy and gladness your voice has ceased in my ears for days and weeks and months oh lord i haven't heard your voice and my joy has gone and i know the problem is with me i have sinned against you i've gone against you 
Purge me, Lord, with hyssop. I shall be clean. Wash me. I shall be whiter than snow. I know you are interested in a relationship with me. I know you. I know your heart. Clean me, Lord. Joy and gladness. That bones you have broken may rejoice. I know you have broken my bones. But let it rejoice. Restore, O oh God. This is the cry of a man, of a king. In verses 9 to 12. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. What is salvation? A relationship with God. He says, restore me the joy of the relationship, please. I want that joy. Restore. Do you see? We forget the purpose of our salvation. It is not work. It is fellowship first. Fellowship, like I said, is determined by what you believe. It's called doctrine. We are accepted on the basis of God's righteous demands. Therefore, you will see in Genesis chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. God respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. God respected Abel because Abel came to God based on his righteous demands. Simple. You can only have a relationship based. That's why I said relationship is not linear. It's not linear, it's vertical. If a man wants to have a relationship with God, it is vertical. If a woman wants a relationship with, with a husband, it is vertical. If children want to have a relationship with their parents, it's vertical. Otherwise, you don't have it. It's as simple as that. You will get what you want, but you want to have a relationship. Even in your groups, your youth, little, little teenage groups, there is one leader. There's one leader. And you have to follow the leader if you want to relate. Am I right? Doesn't your team have a team manager? This democracy and all is myth. Never happens anywhere. It cannot happen. That's not how God created relationships. It is not linear. It's vertical. Every relationship is vertical. And where it is not vertical, there is no deeper relationship. There is no deeper fellowship. So what happens? We, because our flesh is like water, though God created us, the flesh blows according to its liking. So we form our own fellowship groups according to our tastes. That's what happens. Abel, God respected Abel because he went to God on God's terms. Cain went to God on his terms. Can you have a relationship? No. Can you have a vertical relationship? No. Hebrews 11 verse 4 says, God was pleased by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice. And he obtained a witness that he was righteous. That is the witness. If I want to have a fellowship with God, I have to obtain a witness that I am righteous. It's a righteousness that comes from Christ and Christ alone. There's no other way. Fellowship will lead to deeper intimacy. We only looked at two. God first calls us to a relationship 
as many as have received him he gave them the power to be the children of god it's a very simple greek word means chinna papa but when you go to romans 8 scripture says as many as are led by the spirit of god petta papa are the sons of god they are led they are real children who know their father they have an intimate deep relationship with the father relationship with the father that's why to young people i tell two things one listen second read reading is a form of listening in language teaching we don't put reading in the beginning because children don't know their alphabet so we tell them to listen 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 but the problem is you are now you are 80 years old 60 years old 40 years old 30 years you're still listening you're not reading you're not reading you have to read because for us is been compiled the fellowship of the saints in volumes you can't listen to them because it's not available you can read and fellowship with the greatest saints that have gone before us incredible men and women of god you can read and fellowship with them and understand how they were intimate with god which creates this hunger in us you know what i also want to know god that way i also the problem is that we don't want that intimacy joseph had with jacob we only want his coat we want the coat why did father give him a coat because brother he is intimate with the father and he walks according to the ways of the father that's why the son got a coat we want the coat of joseph but we don't want the intimacy of joseph with jacob and that's why jacob says he's it's a real real test the real thing what jacob says he says my life is wound with the soul of that boy so when he hears joseph is dead jacob is like a dead man 21 years later when he heard joseph is dead scripture says he shook himself and rose from his bed he's alive again do you realize how important relationship is relationship is because joseph is a type of christ so there is relationship to which god calls us first then he calls us to fellowship so that we can grow close in fellowship god can reveal his heart to us then we come to the third factor which we are not looking today then he can call you my friend friendship is the highest level of intimacy husbands and wives are married they may fellowship but they may not be friends two brothers of the same womb they may fellowship but they may not be friends two people in the church may fellowship but they may not be friends final thing about jesus his disciples is that everything what the father revealed me i have revealed to you i call you my friends when he's 100 years old god says can i do this without telling my friend abraham abraham was called three four times in scripture says abraham my friend this is the call of salvation this is the call of salvation from a relationship to fellowship to be the friend of god why is it so important because scripture says before judgment comes god will tell his friends be prepared be ready get ready because you are my friend you are my friend amen that's what that is our basic struggle because vertically we are not connected really with god it affects all our relationships but if vertically we are connected well with god it doesn't happen here we are content with a few fellowships because we our life doesn't come from this 
If our life doesn't come from God, then we have to show you know what? How many followers I have on Facebook? Facebook? Facebook. I have this many on Twitter. I have this many in my group. Why? We are horizontally connected. Our life comes from that. And when it is cut away, we are like Jacob dead. But we are connected up. We are connected up. So you can be crucified, put on the cross like Jesus. Cut away from all horizontal relationship. He is still flowing life. Because vertically he is connected. Absolutely life is flowing from the father to the son to everybody. Father forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Mother this is your son. Son this is your mother. You will be in paradise tonight. You look at life flowing. Because it is vertically connected. Horizontally everybody has left. Everybody. Everybody. As the strength of relationship to which God is calling every child of his. And if we are not interested, we are forfeiting our salvation's effect. That's why I said salvation is a privilege. Being a child of God is a privilege. Don't waste it. Don't waste your time with God. Redeem your time for the days are evil. Shall we pray? Father, this evening we just come to you, Lord. We just come to you. Pray, Father, the ministry of your word will create hunger in somebody. We know scripture. You said the way is narrow, straight is the path. Very few will find the way to life. Because life is a relationship. Very few, your word says, will pursue you for a relationship. But I pray, Father, in that few in your eternity you destined some will be found from this church. Somebody who sought after you. As the psalmist wrote, as the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longs after you. Somebody, somebody, Lord, somebody here, somebody who hears over the internet, over the days, over the week, be caught with this desire to know you. More and more. That's the purpose of salvation. You said, choose life. And you said, God is your life. Help us to see that. That you are our life. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Father. You brought us safely. You kept us safely through seven months. As we go back home, I pray you reach each one home safely, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.